rising artists. And today, as always, we got an awesome show for you today, as we have Andrew Hobson, who's really getting just really getting some things going. He's getting some traction, and we're excited to have him on the show today. So, Andrew, are you here? Yes. Yes, I am. So how how are you making it right now through all this craziness? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good <laughs> myself. How are you guys? Oh, we're, doing, we're good. doing good right now. Mm-hmm. The good thing is we run all this from home, so that part's kind of not changed for us. I think the biggest issue for us is we don't get to go to church each week, so that's kind of rough. Yeah, yeah really we that. miss church. Our eight-year-old really misses church. That That's the main difference in our lives right now. Yeah. So as we get started, tell us a little bit about who you are, a little brief background of you. And what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Okay, well, uh, I'm from uh, Tazewell, Tennessee, which is uh, in northeast Tennessee. Uh, my county borders uh, Kentucky and Virginia, both in the uh, Cumberland Gap area is what it is. So. Mm. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Other, than, uh, other than music, I don't know. I kind of just, uh, I mean, I've got, a, I've got a day job and I've got a, uh, I like to hunt and fish and stuff like that with my brother, and uh, we've got uh, between uh, between us we have two farms that we take care of too. So, mm-hmm. and I uh, my brother runs equipment and stuff like that, and I do that with him as well. Oh wow, um, yeah, we we totally understand where you're coming from about the day jobs right now. While you're trying to build your music career, because you know in the evenings we. We deliver food for people. And the good thing is we're still considered yeah. essential, so we're still working, you know, in the evenings while we build this brand. Grateful for that, that we still can work right now. So what's something unusual about you that people don't know, that would find that people find yeah. interesting? Uh, probably the, with, with my music, the way I started out actually was uh, just guitar, and I mm-hmm. actually was uh, – kind of a metalhead back then too so i started out i played a seven string ibanez and you know it was my my guitar teacher was uh he was he was pretty into metal so when i was younger i started Mm -hmm. taking lessons at uh seven years old and uh he uh was uh good friends with this uh uh singer for a band called Whitechapel. And they're a very mm-hmm. heavy metal band. They're based out of Tennessee too, in Knoxville. And uh, they're, you know, for uh, the world of the metal genre, they're, I guess, doing mm-hmm. pretty good. But they're uh, they're a very popular metal band. But uh, you know, it's just uh, a lot of people, if they uh, have heard me sing before they've seen me play guitar, and I go from mm-hmm. an acoustic to an electric, it's usually kind of strange <laughs> for them. And you know, see, I I learn songs like you know classic rock, hard rock, anything oh, wow. from the 60s up until the 90s and all that stuff. So hundreds of songs. But. Believe it or not, there's been quite a few artists that we've interviewed um, this year that, that they started in rock and moved the country. Yes, yeah. quite a few. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at what age did you say, you know what, this is what I want to do with my life? Was it recent? Was it at a uh, young age? I mean... I, I kind of always knew that this is probably what I was going to end up doing. But uh, in high school, when I was uh, my senior year, is when I really when when it all happened for me is when I mm-hmm. came in contact with a lady named Precious Harris in Nashville, and that's how I got down there. Uh, but uh, she kind of got my feet on the ground with everything I've got going now. 
But uh, mm-hmm. I didn't uh, I didn't start singing until I was probably sixteen or seventeen, something like that. I was in high school. I was probably like a sophomore or junior in high school when I started singing. I obviously do country because there's not really you know any any way to get 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 away from this accent. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I understand funny. that. <laughs> but, but, you know, to be honest, country's the best. And you know what? We love country because, you know, I'm not saying the other genres don't have this, but country tells the story the best. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, without the story, it's not country anyway. I know. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who has been some of your influences, and who would people be surprised about that's influenced you? Of the, in music. Okay. Uh, well, with country, it's you know more of a, uh, I guess, uh, see, you know about everything everybody else would say. I love uh, uh, Merle and Waylon and all of them, but uh, I've actually, uh, where I, I've I've kind of been involved with music my my entire life, pretty much. You know, as far as I, all of my memories back, you know, being a child there was always something that had to do with music. I've been in some, uh, like, small bands before myself. Uh, me and some mm-hmm. of my family members had a, a mm-hmm. Christian rock band a while ago, and we used to play at uh, churches, like, all over the place around here, and uh, we'd go to uh, some, like, uh, homeless shelters and stuff like that and do shows there, just benefit shows. So, like, I've, I've listened yeah. to a little bit of everything. And uh, oh, wow. my phone. Like just just my phone right now, just for example, like I've got like six thousand songs just on my phone, and oh, wow. that's you know including you know the piles and piles of CDs, vinyls, everything. But uh, I don't know. I like to think of it like all is like honestly, most of uh, my favorite artists from each genre kind of came together to you know make my mind what it is now, like the way I think about music and the way I hear it and see different mm-hmm. things but there are specific mm-hmm. people with genre so but like uh when it comes to rock and stuff like that when i was younger i really liked led zeppelin and i liked black yeah, sabbath and stuff like that so and i always yeah, really I, attention to the guitar players and i used to like love all these guitar players i had to know when i was a kid <laughs> i wanted to know everything about them too so <laughs> yeah what's funny is when i was growing up i liked all those too and then then i moved into hip-hop a little bit, and I liked MC Hammer and all that in those days, and I remember I liked country, but because my friends were anti-country, I kind of was one of them closet country people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I think that's how it is everywhere. I mean, even here where I'm at, uh, this place Uh is like, I'm in Bluegrass Central. Right here where I live, like all the mm-hmm. big bluegrass, big names in bluegrass, and you know either they're either from here or have lived here some point in their life, and we've got all the big bluegrass events here. But it's very rare that you even see anybody talking about it. But uh, most of my <laughs> friends that are my, you know, even in high school, you know, they're mainly, you know, they listen to rap and hip hop mm-hmm. and stuff, which I like some of it and everything. But you know, I I can't do it so. <laughs> I don't. I tend to listen to more stuff that I can do. You know, I'm not a rapper by any means. Yeah, we mm-hmm. respect you. You know, Sandy and I, we write lyrics, but we don't play music yet and all that. 
and we definitely can't sing. You don't want to get us on here singing. Um, so no, we don't have no. that talent. <laughs> <laughs> so we we Not so that respect talent. y'all that can do it all, you know, and we love that about yeah. the songwriters that we have came on. Because I think so, the songwriting part of country music, the lifeline of country music, because we yeah. want to keep it we want to keep it fresh. We want to keep it alive. And as long as you got people writing those deep, heavy songs, and again, you can have your bro country style songs too. I don't mind them, um, but we will also want the heavy songs too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so at this point in your life, when you look back, what drives you to keep going? Because of course, I know it's hard, and we're going to talk about the struggles in a little while. Because I know it's hard having a job and trying to build your music career too. So, what drives you right now? Well, uh, I'm I'm pretty passionate about my music, but uh, other than that, you know, I've got a uh, uh, I've got a lot of you know land and stuff like that that you know I I like to take care of and and uh, I, I'd like to. You know this older style of music that I've also, you know, with when it comes to country, that's that's what I grew up mm-hmm. listening to. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mainly, you know, I'm waking up in the morning and Mom's got Willie Nelson playing on a radio or something, and uh, <laughs> I don't want that kind of music to die out too. So that that's part of the reason why I'm still, you know, doing it and why, I'm, you know, when I when I first came to Nashville and I got started, I was, you know, just covering. You know, mo- about every mm-hmm. show that I play, mainly covers. Oh wow! I wasn't writing much, and that's one thing that I have learned in Nashville that I've learned throughout. You know, up until now, is that that's what matters. The songwriters are the ones yeah. that make the magic mm-hmm. happen. So. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <clears throat> so, has Nashville been everything you dreamed it would be? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, and and a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we hear that. Like, see, we're actually eventually moving to Nashville um, ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got so many connections in Nashville and all that. It just makes sense that for us to build our show in Nashville. But, but right now we're in Savannah, mm-hmm. Georgia. And, um, but, we, but we just love the community. You know, even when the tornadoes happen, you saw a community come together like I've never seen come before. Yeah. And just like we had – uh, you know, when we were starting our podcast, I remember reaching out on Facebook, and we live in Savannah. I was asking for a local person and um, about if they had an extra podcast mic just laying around that, you know, that they would want to get rid of. And I actually had a person private message me from Nashville saying, I've got one. What's your, what's your mailing address? And I'll mail it to you. Nobody in Savannah asked mm-hmm. me that. Well, mm-hmm. But somebody from Nashville stepped up and said – that, and, and you know what? That's what when I realized Nashville has got it going on when it comes to community. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so far, when you look at your career, what are some points where you look back and you're like, wow, I've actually got to do that? Uh, Well, things like this right here, doing the interviews and stuff, uh, it, it happened a lot faster than I expected. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh Especially now that I've released this last single that I have that uh, uh, I co-wrote with Steve O'Brien, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. has changed for me just from that, and uh, <laughs> I'm very happy to be where I am right now too. But I started playing a lot more uh, shows, mm-hmm. uh, better, better places, bigger places, uh, 
met a lot of people. That that's that's mm-hmm. for sure. I have met a lot of people down there. You know, I can't. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to say that I remember everybody I've met, but I I, I haven't, to be honest with you. But, uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in at one time. And see, we're fairly new, too. You're our 51st first interview this year. Yes. Okay. So we have been like, you know, again, there's only one person I know of, and he's my friend, who actually has done more interviews in this short a time than any, because we've been like really hitting it hard. Because we have this same yeah. vision like y'all have to live to live that lifestyle that as a host will afford us and to be able to bring people like you on and and really tell your story in a way that only you can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I always mm-hmm. like as we talked about a few high points, I always like to flip the script a little bit. <clears throat> and when we go the other way now. This is where talk about the struggle side, the sacrifices and I always like to lead into a story with this. Um, <clears throat> back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and one of the questions I asked her was, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And she was, her and her daughter were a duo group, and they were full-time with music at that time. So she said, coming from somebody who's full-time, this is going to sound funny. Is what she, this is the way she started mm-hmm. the thing out. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music go do that and keep music as a hobby she says once you go full-time it it's a career it's a job and even though we have passion for it yeah. we have to make sacrifices we we have sacrifices the our family even though we're the artists our whole family has to sacrifice we have to go through so much rejection if a death happens today yeah. and we got a gig tonight we got to be on that stage with a smile, whether we like it or not. Maybe there's a song that will remind us of that death. Guess what? If the if the audience wants that song, we have to play that song, and we have to be happy about it. So, so we have to yeah. wear a mask a lot of times when we're on that stage. So that's kind of where I want to go with this. What do you think of – because she basically said, but if your heart won't allow you to do anything else, then go all in. So let's go there. What do you think of what she said and – what are some of the sacrifices and struggles you've had to go through to get to where you're at even right now? See, they, they, what she's saying is absolutely right. You know, if, you, if you're going to do it, you got to commit. Because, I mean, if you if you come into this, like going into Nashville, that was something I was going to say a minute ago. It, coming into Nashville mm-hmm. and meeting all these people and seeing how this works, if it is a hobby when you come there, you're going to mm-hmm. really, that's when you're going to find out. You're going to find out if your music <laughs> is just a hobby or if it's something you're going to do. When you come down mm-hmm. there, you got to commit to it. But uh, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I that I uh, have very many struggles because of my music. But it absolutely mm-hmm. like it changed. It did change like everything because uh, <clears throat> I didn't realize how fast paced things were going to start happening. The first two mm-hmm. years were kind of slow for me coming into it, and yeah. uh, the only thing was was like you know. Uh, I would, you know, mom would come with me. I would bring my mother with me every time I came down here to meet Precious. And mm-hmm. uh, we would take off work, which we we uh, run a small medical business here, which is what my day job is. One of my jobs is uh, I, I do deliveries and stuff. I deliver medical equipment and oh, wow. oxygen and stuff like that. But we've got, you know, other workers down there and everything. So we have, I have, you know, that's why I'm, 
it's it's not so much of a struggle that you know I'm, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm sacrificing my job because you know we're you yeah. know our office is like 300 yards below our house right here on on this hillside. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean I can walk to work. So uh, that being said, it's not it's not that big of a struggle to have to take off work. But you know I'm mm-hmm. still not there. But I mean it. We when we came down here, there was probably about a two year period in Nashville where I was like, you know, I really started to question whether I was going to do it or not. And I said that to mom oh, wow. one day and she was like, well, if you're not, if you don't feel it, if you don't, if you don't think this is what you want to do, well, you know, take some time off and figure it out. And I said, well, I don't want to take any time off. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, continue to focus on this and see which one, you know, it just, I, I, I don't yeah. really know how to explain it, but it's, you know, I, I, I never gave up on it, and I, I kept doing the shows and stuff like that, and it was mm-hmm. just more and more, you know. Now, once I realize, you know, don't think of it just like, you know, don't treat it like a hobby. If you're going to do it, yeah. when you practice, practice as if, you know, this, this is for real now. Like, you could be on a stage someday, on a big stage one of these days, and, you know, you know, you got to, you really have to learn this. You have to get good at this, yeah. you know, and that's what I did. That's how I am with and a lot of things that I do. It's like growing up like, <laughs> in uh, playing music, you know, you really mm-hmm. teach yourself, you know, you discipline yourself with a lot of things, especially mm-hmm. with guitar. And, you know, I was learning multiple instruments, you know, at a time. So I was uh, the same teacher that was teaching me guitar, was teaching me bass. And then I, I taught myself oh, wow. how to play drums and, you know, piano as well. But, uh you gotta, you gotta, and, you really have to get to it if you're gonna, if you're gonna be down in Nashville. And I'm so glad you're going there with this because one of the things that I've noticed out there is, because again, as an as, a, as an independent artist, you have like ten jobs that you really do. People don't realize that. And um, mm-hmm. and you hear, you see people on Facebook talk about that. Oh, these artists, they just need to go get a real job. I've heard that so many times. Even for what we do, I've heard people say that. But you hear, and I always try to tell people, no, don't tell an artist they need a real job because they've got something better, a passion, a drive to live for. Just because they don't have that, don't take that from that artist. And a lot of times parents will be the ones because they want their kid to go to be a doctor or a lawyer and all that. Like I've got a um, couple friends that I've sat down with over the years, and and – They've been 15 years in their career, and some of them are like, I am yeah. just miserable. And I'm like, why are you miserable? What are you talking about? you got this nice house. you got this great family. You've got this gr- awesome career. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's the problem. Like, how's the, your, it's like you went to college for your career. How is that the problem? Like, oh, no, this ain't what I wanted. This is what my parents wanted. I'm just miserable now because I chose them. Yeah. And I always say that story on every episode because I want – if there's ever any parents listening to, the, to our episodes, I want parents that don't stand by your kids even if you don't agree with this decision because mm-hmm. what if it's what they're supposed to do? What if it's the calling that God placed on their life? What, what if you take that away? They're going to be miserable just like you know, many times in our life. You know, We shut down New Country Buzz years ago. And it ate me up inside um, until the end of 2018 when I told Sandy, you know what, we got to relaunch. I feel, you know, so it's one of them things where if it's in you, you have to do it. And I can tell that's where yeah. you are right now. Mm-hmm. And see, my, my music has brought, 
you know, things out in, in my own family, too. And uh, mm-hmm. my mother, especially, where she comes with me all the time, you know, she's met, you know, pretty much all the same people that I have and, you know, learned oh, wow. the things that I learned. And she's kind of, she's a bit of a writer herself. Like, before before all this started, I mean, she was already, you know, she's written tons of poems, uh, written books and everything. Uh, never really had anything published, as far as I know. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she, she loves to write. She absolutely loves to mm-hmm. write, and uh, she uh, she started writing music a little bit, like while I was, and uh, she uh, has done some oh, wow. co-writes uh, with a couple people herself, and eventually, you know, that turned into her, you know, getting a membership with NSAI in Nashville, oh, wow. the Songwriters Association, and then now she also has a uh, an account with ASCAP, so she can, you know, have her songs published and everything, <laughs> so. You know, yeah. Um, I one of the questions I usually ask is who's been your most supportive person. It sounds like it was it's been your mom, really big supportive. Oh, and I usually ask this later, but since we're talking about your mom, tell us a mom story. Tell us a story that people probably have not heard <laughs> that where she done something and it just blew you away about that has to do with your music. Oh man, uh, <laughs> I well actually just yesterday she pretty much dedicated the entire room of a. Uh, of uh, the house here uh, to me, so I got, I've uh, I set myself up like a little studio yesterday. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it, she she's incredible with it. I mean, she she has never. There's only been one time that I've came down there that she didn't go, and I mean, I love what she mm-hmm. does. She does. She absolutely loves coming down there. Uh, and uh, I mean, honestly, she's she's pretty much like a manager to me right now because like everything that I do, she lets me mm-hmm. know, she has every, I mean, she has everything laid out, I mean, she loves it, she loves doing it, too, uh, that, but, uh, that is really awesome, uh, you know, and yeah, I, and like I can I mean, tell that you, I can tell you light up when you talk about her, <laughs> and see, and what, uh, <laughs> what's funny right now is I'm, I'm actually holding this paper in my hand that she printed off, and it's mm-hmm. actually got the, uh, the, I just now noticed this, it's, uh, laying here on this table uh she printed mm. off something for this interview actually with mm. the date on it and <laughs> the guy's phone number <laughs> so wow. pretty pretty into it that is really awesome and um mm-hmm. now did you want to play live or did you want us to play the song that we got up which is the um stronger than that you guys can play that yeah absolutely Go for it. And then when we come back from the yes. break, we will play that song, and then we're going to talk about that song. How's that? All righty. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. 
Again, you can find them over at the sportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. I started with a beer. Next thing I knew was at the bottom of a bottle of 80 proof. Cause I was buying them shots, throwing them back. And then a girl walked up, so I tipped my hat and said, Honey, what you got? Out of your glass, let me pour you a little something stronger than that. And turn the music up and feel your cup. Night is young, and that's a fact. So let me pour you a little something stronger than that. She gave me a smile. Gave her a wink, and then a couple rounds later, she was dancing with me. She knew all the words to every Willie song. Whiskey River, blowing all night long. And I walked her to her car, parked out back. She said, let me show you something stronger than that. And turn the music up, and feel your good. The night is young. To back to let me pour you a little something stronger than that. Back at the bar, tossing them down and fell to tug on my arm. So I stood up, kicked my seat back. She smiled at me and raised up her glass. So I gave her a wink and tipped my hat and said, Let me pour you something stronger than that. Turn the music up and feel your cup. Night is young. That's a fact, so let me pour you a little something stronger than that. Turn the music up and feel love your cup. Tonight is young, and that's a fact, so let me pour you a little something stronger than that. Tonight is young, and that's a fact, so let me pour you a little something stronger than that. Let me pour you a little something stronger than that. Really cool song, really catchy song. So what inspired that song? How'd that come together? Well, that song was going to be uh, a uh, a slower song from mm-hmm. the get-go. Actually, uh, kind of a sad song. Honestly, it was going to be like a sad drinking song, kind of inspired by <laughs> uh, a Vern Gosden tune that I used to really like. But uh, me and uh, Steve O'Brien... We're at uh, NSAI that day, and uh, I, that was, I believe, the only reason I was down there that day. And uh, I drove down there and met him at like 11 o'clock, and we stayed there till about 3. But uh, that song was written in, uh, honestly, probably about 30 minutes. But mm-hmm. 
Oh, we wow. kind of sat and talked for about an hour or so, kind of piddled around, didn't really do anything for a while, and uh, started writing. And uh, uh, we were uh, on a completely different track at first. And uh, I said, you know what, Steve, we, let's make this a honky-tonk song. Let's, let's pick up the pace here. And he said, all right. So he just starts playing the, 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 the melody for it, which is what it is uh-huh. right now. Just starts playing it and uh, – I was like, yeah, I like that. And he he just he starts he just started singing like kind of what we already had, but in a different way. And mm-hmm. it sounded good. And we uh, tightened up the first verse there of the song. And uh, he he stood up to go use the restroom. And I was I was still sitting there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this I, I I kept playing through it, and then all of a sudden, just the chorus like that that chorus right there just pops up <laughs> into my head like out of nowhere, and I just start singing it. And there it was. And by the time he got back in there, I had the first verse and the chorus starting on the second verse. And Steve walks in there and he said, uh, is that the chorus? And I was like, yeah. And he said, well, maybe next time I just need to go up here to the store or something and hang out a while. You'll have the song done. But, yeah, that, that's all it took. And then it wasn't. But, you know, maybe two or three days later, I was uh, back down there, uh, recorded the song, and that mm-hmm. was about it. That one got done pretty quick. Don't you love it how you start writing a song one way, but yet it goes another way? Oh, yeah. That's that's about how most of it goes with me anyways. But. <laughs> that's just like I like to write a lot. Um, not music. I do write lyrics and all that, but it's just regular writing, Christian writing. And there are many times I'll come up with a title of an article and I'll start out just typing, and I'll keep mm-hmm. typing, and then I'll keep typing. And when I'm done, I have to change it. I I have to change title. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that did yeah. not go where I thought it was going to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I get you whatever percent. I love that because again, you know, I like having songwriters on our show because I that again, like I said earlier, that's the lifeblood. Of country music You know that's what makes country music Is the songwriter and they don't get enough credit At all so if you could Co-write with anyone Dead or alive who would it be And what would you want to write about Uh, It would probably be a Combination of uh, a few people Uh, I'd like for uh, Merle Haggard To be in the room Uh, George Jones And uh Vern Gosden, because uh, there's an album that I really like by Merle and George that uh, Vern Gosden actually co-wrote some of the songs on there with George. So him and George make a really good pair. I believe they wrote mm-hmm. a lot of other music together too. And uh, can't forget Chris Christopherson. He's a he's a really good oh, songwriter. Yeah. So I'd like for somebody like him to be in there too. Uh, I would probably just be sitting there kind of piddling on my guitar while they wrote a <laughs> song, but. That's, that's fine with me. <laughs> so, but, uh, so either if you were sitting in front of either of them, since they really, I can tell that they have big influence on you. What would be the first question you want to ask them? I I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, I, I I don't know. Maybe <laughs> something like because uh, I've got a lot of stories myself. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, you know, they're, they seem to be pretty good at turn, like lyricizing their stories, like making lyrics out of their stories. Oh, yeah. That's what, that's 
something that I, I'm I'm slowly coming to, you know, starting to put together, but not quite there yet. That would be yeah. something I would ask them. And I'd just <laughs> like to sit and listen to how they do yeah. it, like how they turn these thoughts into lyrics. Wow. So since we're talking about stories here, tell us a story that happened, whether it's funny, serious, it don't matter, but a story that happened um, at a, you know, at a venue that you've done, um, something that's crazy or something, but PG, keep it PG. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I played at uh, pretty right here where I live. I played at every place here except for one place. And uh, oh, wow. I'll just be honest with you, I didn't go to that place because I didn't particularly like the owner of the mm-hmm. establishment. And uh, But th- mm-hmm. there, there was a few other things to it, just – I'm not going to name any names, but it, yeah. it just was not a, not a place I wanted to be. But I've, I've played uh, about everywhere there is to play around here. And uh, in this area, uh, the pe- people are a little bit different in uh, <laughs> County. Uh, a lot of things are different around here in, in the mountains and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. I've played uh, – there, there was this uh, uh, bar and restaurant called Oasis. And it's uh, mm-hmm. it's in Harrogate, which is in Cleveland County, and it the mm-hmm. Harrogate is what actually borders Kentucky and Virginia. So you're going through Harrogate oh, wow. to get there, and uh, there's a it's, it's right on the side of the highway, and it had been there. Uh, it's I, I believe it closed down several times, but it had been there since like the 70s or something. Mm-hmm. It just recently closed down for good, and now it's a Mexican restaurant, but. I, I used to play there probably uh, three or four times a month. Like they were just they and they were under new management all the time. And eventually, you know, uh, they 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 could never keep the doors open there. So what really happened was they weren't making a they you know they didn't have enough revenue to to pay you know solo artists. Mm-hmm. So it just ended up they, they would only take you if you had a band. So. Um, <laughs> And at that time, I didn't have any means of getting a band like I do now, which is another thing that, you know, has changed. But uh, I was playing there one day, uh, evening, and uh, there's a college in Harrogate, LMU, Lincoln Memorial University, and Mm -hmm. uh, to the bar and drink there. That's where they go, like, on Friday nights and stuff. This was either a Friday or a Saturday. And I bring all of my stuff there and set it up every time I would go, they didn't have anything there. So I brought all of my speakers and most mm-hmm. of the time I went all out cause I, you know, I had my brother and a couple of my friends. So I'm bringing, you know, two loud speakers, two floor speakers that are, you know, like return speakers, everything. But I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm playing a couple songs and all these uh, med students are in front of me and most of them <laughs> are, are really drunk. So they're yeah. acting crazy. And, you know, just, you know, not being judgmental, but by te- by looking at these people, I can tell these are not these guys are not going to really be into old country music. I can just <laughs> yeah. you know just the way they act like they're they're not they probably don't like old country music. Well, I was right, and I'm up here. <laughs> I was doing a Merle Haggard song. I was doing the song "A Place to Fall Apart," which I can tell they're gonna, they're going to need a place to fall apart after I was done singing the song because they were they it was pressing them or something, but. They eventually kind of get over that, and then they're over here, and I didn't hear this at all, but uh, I was eventually told that pretty much the entire time I was up there, they were booing me and, you know, all kinds of stuff, and I wasn't really paying attention. There was quite a few people here, so they were, you know, 
I wasn't necessarily just focusing on them, even though they were yeah. the most obnoxious table back there. But uh, <laughs> eventually, one of these guys, I'm, I'm up there, I'm singing the song Fire Away by Chris Stapleton. Well, this guy's had enough of my country music. So uh-huh. he stands up and walks with like within like, uh, I mean, he's like pretty much like in my face. Like he is standing right in front of me, yelling at me while I'm singing. And oh, wow. usually I've, I, by this time, <laughs> and I still am, I've gotten, you know, with a lot of these places that I've been, you know, you kind of, you know, kind of got to ignore some people. Which that's yeah. anybody, any artist is that mm-hmm. way. But you know, uh, this dude is literally right in front of me, screaming in my face, and he's like, he can't even like hardly stand still because he's so drunk, and he's like throwing beer everywhere. And I'm like, you know, I just stopped right in the middle uh-huh. of the song. I just stopped. I quit playing. I didn't say anything to him. I'm just looking mm-hmm. at him. Well, here comes my <laughs> brother. Walks over there, puts his hand on the guy's shoulder, and he was like, "Come back over here and sit down." The guy comes over here, and my brother sits him down. My brother's a very mm-hmm. – he, he's a good-sized dude, so this guy was, you know, probably not going to do anything on him. But he sits down. Their security guard comes in there, and he walks up to me, and he said, what happened? And I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. If this guy is not out of here in, like, the next five minutes, I'm going to have to pack up my stuff because it's about to be – like, I mean, he's up here, like, slinging beer, you know, acting crazy. I said, it's either that or you're going to end up having to kick my brother out, too. And he paid to get in here. <laughs> He's not like that. So. <laughs> they they made him move. They didn't make him leave, but they made him go inside because this was like out on a back patio. But uh-huh. that was uh, that was like probably the first time that happened to me. But I've, I've been to some uh, biker bars and stuff, and they've, they've oh, gotten wow. pretty uh, I've, I've actually – there's only been one time – that I've had people actually mess with my stuff. I had a, uh, uh, I have like my soundboard that all my speakers plug into and I can, you know, control all the volume and stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah I had it sitting on a, a small table next to the, or on the stage, just, you know, off to the left, to my left side. And, uh, this guy, while I'm singing, comes up there and he's like looking at it. You know, I didn't really think mm-hmm. anything about it, you know, maybe just checking it out. <laughs> You know, I didn't yeah. even hesitate. Well, then all of a sudden, <laughs> my volume on my guitar just, like, skyrockets. And I'm <laughs> like, what is going on? And I look over at him, and he's turning the volume up because I assume <laughs> he couldn't hear the guitar good enough. And he came <laughs> up there and turned it up himself. Just, I mean, I don't know where he, I did I never really paid attention to where he was sitting, but he came out of nowhere and turned the volume up himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious and you were talking about mm-hmm. you know the kentucky virginia line and all that sandy's actually from a little town called feds creek kentucky which is about an hour from pikeville okay. kentucky okay and, you know and her mom lives like 15 minutes from the virginia line in the kentucky and probably about an hour from tennessee line or so 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 I guess that's the area you're kind of talking about in that same area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Down in Tennessee. Grew up in the mountains of Kentucky there in the holler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, they know the very well. That's here. <laughs> but <laughs> those are some really crazy stories. And, again, you know, I know that a lot of mm-hmm. artists, they go through that. They're trying to make their living. They're trying to build this brand. And the bar scene can be rough. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, you're the first one to yeah. tell stories like that, so I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> <I hope so. laughs> yeah. You know, <clears throat> and we're a family show, so we always let our little eight-year-old come on board and ask one question. You know, he always. In fact, he gets upset when he don't get to ask the, his one question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sandy's gonna let it because we're teaching him to do all this eventually as we grow. Yes, and he, here he is. Yeah. Here's Christopher with the question. I'm sorry, I couldn't yeah, hear you. Say it again, Lucas. Oh man, uh, probably a steak, a well seasoned uh-huh. steak. A ribeye, in particular. Oh wow, sounds good right now. What's yours, though, Chris? Yes. He loves pizza. Pizza, yeah, I love pizza too. <laughs> in and out. <laughs> when he is funny, he he like swoops in to do his question and then swoops out. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, so as you know, especially recently, I'm sure that the team, you know, when as an artist, you have to have a team around you if you're going to make anything happen. <laughs> you know, a lot of fans they see the artist, and I want, and a lot of fans yeah. will put the artist up on a pedestal. But you, as an artist, mm-hmm. can't do what you do. Tell us about some stories of a few people that stepped into your life on your team that that they just stood up and helped you go to the next level? Uh, well, uh, Precious being uh, the first, she's the reason why I'm, uh, how I made it to Nashville and why I know what I know. Uh, Mom, of course. Uh, Steve O'Brien, uh, not only, you know, do we write music, but he's actually a really good friend to me. And uh, he is, uh, you know, kind of led, he came to, uh, uh, CRS with me at the Omni this last mm-hmm. CRS oh, well. event. and uh, he he came in to uh, pretty much all the interviews I did and everything. So I mean he helps me mm-hmm. out just as much as anybody. Uh, Aristo Media, uh, mm-hmm. Christy and, yep. and Kim yeah, and all yeah. of them. And, yeah, yeah, and Grassroots. Yeah, I, I work with them too. I mean all. I mean it's I've, I've got a good got a good set of people behind me here in the. Mark Dreyer is who I record all of my stuff with. I mean, he's a phenomenal musician. He's the one that's mm-hmm. playing all the lead guitar and stuff, and and all the songs does pretty much all of it himself. And the only thing I have to do is, you know, pretty much go in there and sing. I mean, really, uh, he's that oh, good. Wow. And he, you know, does all of that stuff for me. And every once in a while, I'll kind of <clears> sit down with him and we'll mm-hmm. pick through the my, the vocal and everything and make sure everything's right. But yeah, you know. Uh, it's everybody combined. I mean, it, they almost make it like, you know, they. I don't understand how they can stay in the background <laughs> as much as they do people like that. And, you know, yeah. I'm just hearing, like, everybody sees all this, just like you said, you know, people see all this stuff getting done, and then they're just like, they look right at me, and they're like, how on earth can some one person do all this? Well, it's not <laughs> at all. It's, nobody is like that. Nobody does it all themselves. Yep. It's, a t- it's definitely a team effort, and that's why uh, I always like it. Because again, since we give artists up to around sixty minutes or so on our show, I, I like to dig deep into their story, I like to see what they what they're about. 
I also like for them to tell about their team a little bit because I think a lot of times people miss that side of it. And the team, you never hear anything about the team. You just hear about the artist, and it's great that you hear about the artist. But I think that sometimes the the team and and the supporters all want to um, all need to be acknowledged too. So is there a supporter yeah. that you have, a fan? Let's say a fan, not not necessarily a supporter as in the other stuff. But is there a super fan story that you have? Uh, Somebody that just went above and beyond uh, who's a fan. Not not one in particular, not that I know of, uh, other than, you know, of course, mom. Mom is usually, you know, the number one She's fan as well. She's a super, super fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, – no, not off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, well, yet, when we get off, you'll probably when we get off, you'll probably say, "Oh man, I forgot about that person." <laughs> I, <laughs> so, if you look back on your life right now, is there a song out there that when it when it comes on, you're like, "That describes my life." Hmm. You know, I'd like to say yes, but I, I there's, uh, you know, I've had so many different things that I've done and uh, mm-hmm. things that I, you know, uh, music has changed a lot of the things that I, like plans that I had with life, and it's made uh-huh. new ones and it's gotten rid of other ones. So, I mean, there's not probably one song, but I mean, I could, you yeah. know, I could probably make a playlist of my life, you know. <laughs> you like know, that, that's funny. Not, yeah, it's funny mm-hmm. how you say that music changed your plans. I can mm-hmm. attest to that because when Sandy and I married 17 years ago, I was one of them. I was so brainwashed into this audio movement, auto, audio self-help um, movement, to where I I believe that if you if you were in your car and you weren't listening to audio and you were listening to music, then you weren't you did not. Um, believe in your business. You had to listen to audios 24-7. So mm-hmm. when we married, she's hardcore country music fan in general, but really country music. Mm-hmm. And she believed in mm-hmm. music 24-7. <laughs> so it was like we – it wasn't long what we realized. We had to um, kind of change routes here because I believe one way, she believes another way. So we decided, okay, we'll listen to audios 50% of the time, music 50% of the time. So – that kind of pushed me right into this whole music, and and again, I had no new country buzz when we that we launched. Had no plans of that. Um, the Chris and Sandy show, no plans of that. The, what we're doing right now, this. In fact, I always knew I would speak, but I never knew it would be this platform. So all these years, yeah. I've been training. I've talked to probably a thousand people through the years that we since we've been married. And I had <laughs> hour plus conversations with people um, over and over and over and over and over. And back then, Sandy used to roll her eyes sometimes because we'd be like almost, we'd be late. To, I mean, if I run to somebody on the street, we start talking. Sandy knows we're 60 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> and yeah. I just like to talk. So I had no idea back then that that was training me to hold our conversations for what we're doing right now. So, yeah. I feel you on that. Music changed everything for me. Had no idea that we were going to come this route, but here we are. Been six years into all this. Mhm. <clears throat> so yeah, it's you know I 
I love telling that story because I think, you know, people realize, you know, music moves people. And, you know, through people like you who sing and write, you have a responsibility when you write that song, when you get up on stage and perform, because as a songwriter, you're like vulnerable and your pride's on the line. And you got to, and all you're hoping for is to move the audience as a songwriter. And, you know, everything is about, can you move the audience? Can you connect? And that's why I like to get people's stories on our show, because I want you to connect with the people, because I believe that telling your story connects. If you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would come true, um, and where would you be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it this way, there's a, um, this is a purpose, two, twofold. One is um, I don't want the fluff fluff that a lot of artists would say, well, I just want to play music. I want the deep vision of the person. Number two is we ask that same question to Kelsey Ballerini, this past February made five years. And what mm-hmm. she told us five years ago is what she's living right now. So I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty cool. You know, so yeah. I want the real vision. Where is it that you want to be if you had a magic wand and you would be in five years? Uh, hmm. I want to be – And remember uh, – I want to be. Uh, I want to be in a position where I have enough original music that I don't ever have to do another cover song unless somebody asks me to. That's a pretty cool answer. That's that, that, that's one right there, uh, and uh, I'm not, you know, necessarily. Uh, you know, worried about being on the biggest stages, you know, the biggest crowds, yeah. you know, you know, being, mm-hmm. being famous and everything, all, you know, all that, all that stuff. But I would like to play with, you know, one of my, you know, like country heroes or something like that. I'd like to share a cool. stage with somebody that I've always, you know, listened to and, and loved, you know, if, if that was even, you know, possible, cause you know, more, you know, we've, now we've lost Joe Diffie and, and Kenny Rogers mm-hmm. and all that. But I mean, that's, you know, uh, you know, we don't, you know, we're, there's not going to be too many of, you know, the, the traditional, you know, the, yeah. the classic arts left. That's the, legends, the sad part. You know, yeah. And I, I would love to get to play, uh, play on a, a stage with Hank Jr. I, Hank Sr. was my absolute favorite, still is. Oh, and wow. uh, in fact, even in, in my bedroom, I've got a, gigantic poster of him on the wall but you know i uh anyways uh you know if i had the chance to play on stage with him i would but you know i love hank jr as well and uh that that's that was something i i've been asked before in an interview like if i like bucket list artists that i would mm-hmm. you know want to play a show with and it, it would probably be hank i'd like to just meet that- hank Anyways, yeah, that would be awesome. Yes, and I would have loved to have got to meet Merle Haggard, too. I really like Same Merle. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the recent passings, you know, and yeah, I think one of my favorites I would have really loved to meet was Johnny Cash. 
that would have been really yeah. awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's say you had a friend that's played a couple shows. They haven't done a whole lot in the music yet. But they played a couple shows, and you've listened to them, and they sound pretty good. And they got something little special there, you believe. And let's say that they feel like in their heart that this is really what they want to do with their life. What advice would you give them that would help them guide them over the next two, three years? Uh, passionate about it, and they want to do it. Uh, I've, I heard something the other day from somebody. I, I, I can't even remember what I saw it on. It was like it was it was a video, and it was talking about uh, uh, passion and what you're – good at it what what you're good at and what you can do and you know mm-hmm. and how committed you are to doing it because there there's yeah. there's people that, that can be very passionate about stuff and you know make it a hobby and yeah. you know it's something that they love to do but would they commit to it enough that that's you know what they're going to do and uh absolutely what i would say to a new artist that is out playing shows Make sure you are writing music. I don't care if it's like one song at a time or, mm-hmm. you yep. know, next five years and you only do, and you only write like four or five songs, maybe, you know, eight songs in the next five years. Write the songs. Learn how to do it all the time. Anytime you think of something, write it down because, I mean, I've got notebooks full. Uh, my <laughs> notes and my phone is full of just like little lines that pop into my head when I hear people say things. I write it uh-huh. down. Uh, you know, some sometimes somebody will say something and you're just like, you know, that wow, that's cool, or that that sounds like a lyric right there. Write that down. Anytime you hear something like that, write it down. Even a title, like if you see something, you're like that. That's the song title. I write it down because mm-hmm. you know oh, one wow. of these days that end up being a lyric of its own and not only that mm-hmm. you could just go back and look at that and just you know you could come up with a song just from the title you know uh yeah. and who told me this? i believe it was uh it, it was it was steve o'brien steve o'brien told me this he said oh, wow. uh, if you're ever getting hung up writing lyrics in a song uh mm-hmm. remember this title of the song especially in country music the lyrics should always come to it like each verse should come to a point where it's talking about the title of the song it should always wrap back around to what what your what the title is saying it should all make sense with the title of the song always make it wrap back around to tell you the same thing that it told you before like it like stronger than that progressively throughout the song it's you know a dude pouring a girl stronger drink or whatever the bartender and you know it's mm-hmm. just throughout the song, he's it's stronger than that, stronger than that, stronger than that. You know, always keep bringing it back around. And you don't necessarily have to do that, but that if you're stuck yeah. writing lyrics, that's something that you can do, and then you can actually just kind of tweak it from there. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. for young artists and stuff like that, uh, I've uh, heard somebody say before, if I wouldn't have started writing, writing wouldn't have started writing my own music. I would still be playing the same bars. I'd still be, you know, just, you know, once a week at the same bar, every other bar, every bar on the strip, you know, playing the same yeah. songs over and over and over. you got to write your own music. Yep. I love that. I love that little advice. I'll have to remember that as Sandy and I do some writing. I'll have to remember that one. I like, mm-hmm. I, I like that advice. So as oh, we yes. get to the last, last question here, 
you've probably done enough interviews now to where you probably got you you know what what's asked and what's not asked. Um, is there a question that people like Sandy and I never ask, but you kind of wish they did? Hmm. Not, we use not this, See, we use this question to help create our show, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Some of the questions right. that, yeah, we, that we go through, uh, sometimes an artist will say a question, and I'm like, ooh, I love mm-hmm. that one. And we, and we uh-huh. insert it, and, you, know, <clears throat> you know. But that's good that a lot of your interviews are going by what you really want to be asked. That, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's promotion time for you now. So tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Uh, well, social media, uh, my Instagram is the Andrew Hobson. Twitter is Andrew Hobson, just Andrew Hobson. And uh, Facebook is Andrew Hobson. I have an official page now, uh, and it's Andrew Hobson. Uh, website should be andrewhobson.com. I'm sure you can get on Google or Safari, and it'll pop up. And uh, there are links in uh all of my bios that will take you straight to Spotify if you're a Spotify user, premium or just normal Spotify where you can download uh, my new single, Stronger Than That. Uh, Paint the Town Redneck is also on there, which was a single that I released uh, about a mu- or several months ago. And uh, that's about it. That is really awesome. You know what? We really loved having you on. So we, in- we thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And we look forward to down the road when you got some updates and you can come back on the show and mm-hmm. we can go through another set of updates. Absolutely. Yeah. And we will talk to you real soon then. All righty. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And thank you for coming on. Hey, everyone. We hope you really enjoyed today's show. Um, go supporting. Artists right now need you. And we will see you soon. <laughs>